Peter chapter 2 tonight, verse number 7. If you're able and will, would you please stand as we read the Word of God. The Bible says this, Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. Even them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also, also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Let's pray. Father, I pray you'd help us tonight. Lord, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to open the precious Word of God. Lord, I pray tonight that as we preach, that the Holy Spirit would preach as well. Lord, I pray that each one that's here tonight would be on the edge of their seat listening for your voice. And I pray, God, tonight that if there's one here lost, I pray that you'd help those that are listening, and, and myself included, to realize that there could be someone here tonight that's destiny. Lord, could change by obeying the gospel. Lord, I pray that if there's one lost, that they would quit running from you, and Lord, they'd run to you. And if there's one here that's not right, Lord, they've been saved, but they're cold, Lord, they're callous, they're not right with you. I pray tonight, Lord, that they'd hear the, the voice of the shepherd calling them to come home. Lord, help me, I pray. Lord, you know me, but I know myself. Lord, I dare not stand here, Lord, and put on or make a show of this. I pray you give me the help that I need, the power and the touch, Lord, that only, only you can give. Lord, I'll thank you for it. We'll give you all the glory for anything that's done tonight. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The Bible says in verse 7, Unto you, therefore, which believe, He is precious. And I want to say again tonight that if he's not precious to you, there's something wrong with you. There ain't nothing wrong with him. Amen. And, uh, and I, I made reference this morning, but if something's wrong in this relationship we have with Jesus, it's on our part, not on his. He's done every single thing that we need him to do so that we can have a good relationship with him. Now, you know, sometimes in marriage or even in when you work with people, co-workers, and those type of relationships, uh, there's one side that says it's the other side's fault, and then there's a, another side that says it's the other side. And you know, they say the truth normally is somewhere in between. But if, if things aren't right between me and Jesus, it's not on Him, it's on me. And uh, we mentioned this morning where Peter said, He is precious. And uh, I thank the Lord tonight that I have a precious Savior. Aren't you? I mean, He's precious. You ever see a little child doing something and you say, boy, they're just precious. That's precious. And when you look at the Lord and Peter looked back over his 60 plus years of life and over 30 years since he had met the Lord, he had this to say, precious. He's precious. Now I want you to look tonight. We mentioned this morning verses 7 through 9 in chapter 1. He's precious because he's a friend that is always present. I thank God for that, don't you? And uh, I appreciate my friends on earth. And, and the Lord's blessed me with good friends in the ministry. And uh, I mean, lots of good friends, men I consider to be friends. And, and they considered me to be their friend. And if I needed them, they'd come to my aid. And if they needed me, I'd go to their aid. 
But there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. And if a man has Jesus as his friend, or if a lady does, then they ought to count themselves blessed and highly favored. Now in verse number 17, the Bible says, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of person judges, persons judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourn and here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. Amen? As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So this morning I said he is precious because he's a friend that's always present. But here in, in these verses we read, I want to say he's precious because of the fountain of pardon that he's opened. Aren't you glad tonight that Jesus was willing to shed his blood? Now I ask you tonight, how many friends do you have that have died for you? Think about that. You want to know the wonder of it all? That when he died for us, we weren't his friends, we were his enemies. The Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were weak and when we were unable to, the Bible says for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. But thank God he was willing to die for a bunch of sinners like you and I. He said that we're not redeemed by corruptible things, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I think if Peter was here tonight, he would say to you, he'd say to me, He's precious because of that fountain that he opened up on Calvary. Amen. Uh, those men, those Roman soldiers, uh, they thought they were putting an end to Jesus. Uh, they thought the devil thought he was putting an end when they, they cut him down. That's literally what they did. Uh, when they uh, uh, killed him on the cross, but don't you know that uh, when that, that soldier uh, pierced the side of the Lamb of God, he thought that he was uh, sealing his death, uh, but what he did not know was he was opening up a fountain of life. And, and listen, thank God tonight, uh, that side of just like Adam, uh, when God made, made uh, Adam a bride, he reached into the side of Adam uh, and took a rib from Adam. And praise God, when that second Adam died, uh, they pierced his side, and out of that side come another bride. Amen. I say he's precious tonight because of the fountain of pardon that's been opened. You know, in the day that we live, and you've heard it and you don't hear it again, but they're trying to take the blood out. I've got a lot of problems with new Bibles, but a lot of one of the main problems I got these new so-called Bibles is they replace the blood with death. Jesus died on Calvary for a reason. He could have been stoned, he could have been hung. They could have drowned him. And all those deaths would have done the same. But there is a reason. In fact, the Old Testament prophesied before there was ever a crucifixion had ever been done. The Bible told us how he was going to die, how they was going to plow his back. It says, uh, I believe it was in Isaiah, they said the, fir- the, the plowers, uh, uh, they plowed his back. That's talking about the, 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 the cat of nine tails. And, and, and over there in, in Zechariah, uh, the Bible said, he said, look at my, the wounds in his hands. And he says, these are the wounds that I received in the house of my friends. 
Uh, before there ever was a cross, God said uh, one day uh, he's going to die on a cross. And the reason he had to die on the cross was so his blood could be poured out. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I'm saying he didn't just die, but he, he shed his blood. And by the way, he didn't spill it neither. He shed it. <laughs> You say, oh, that's just, that's just nitpicking. We'll call it nitpicking. I mean, I get, you know, it's funny how little things will bother you, you know. Uh, there was a man in, in church I grew up in. We'd seen that uh, uh, victory in Jesus, and it talks about streets of gold. Oh, he'd get tore up, and he'd, he'd make sure on that one part, he would get as loud as he could. He'd say, it's street of gold, not streets, amen. <laughs> I mean, the Bible, I don't know, there's probably, there may be more. But he said, the Bible says there's just one street of gold. Everybody lives on Main Street. That's what he would say. But the truth of the matter is, there's a difference in spilling something and shedding something. When Jesus died, he was not losing. He was not just spilling his blood. He was shedding it for a purpose. And listen tonight, I say he is precious. I say he is precious. Because he went to Calvary and died in my place on an old rugged cross. Uh, that he reconciled me back to a holy God that I was an enemy against. I say he's precious tonight. He's the dearest friend I've ever had because of the pardon he's provided. Zechariah 13, 1, it says, In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David. Amen. Oh, the Jews, they're still blind. The Jews are still blind. And, and Brother Larry, they, they still don't see Him as the Messiah. But there's coming a day when they're going to look to the one who they crucified. Amen. And when they see Him, He's going to have a vesture on. It's going to be dipped in blood. Amen. And His name's going to be written on the Word of God. Amen. And when He comes, they're going to look on Him. And in a day, they're going to be born again. Amen. And that old stony heart is going to be given a heart of flesh. And they're going to, they're going to listen, they're going to become the people that God always ordained them to be. Acts 20, 28, Take heed therefore to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which He had purchased with His own blood. Romans 5, 9, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath to Him. Oh, you say the blood, blood, the blood, the blood. Listen, the only thing between us and hell tonight is the blood of Jesus Christ. Did you know if you're saved tonight, you're fireproof? You can't go to hell. You can't, Brother John Dorsey said you could throw a child of God in hell and they wouldn't burn. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't know. That's Dorseyology. And I don't, if you're begging mad enough to argue with our brother Dorsey, go right ahead. But I don't suggest it. Amen. Because uh, he will knock your lights out. He's been known to do that. But the truth of the matter is, uh, we've, we've been saved from wrath by the blood of Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Ephesians 1 7, whom we have redemption through his blood. Colossians 1 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Hebrews 9 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Uh, Hebrews 10 uh, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 1 John, 1 John 1 7, if we walk in lights, he's in light. We have fellowship one on, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Revelations 1 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. If the blood don't matter, then how come John the revelator 
mentioned it. These, these know-it-all Greek scholars so-called, they say it ain't, but how come they, none of them walked into heaven like John did? John saw it, amen? And John saw it and he come back and he said, it's the blood, it's the blood. John said that. Uh, listen, Paul said that, Revelations 5, 9. If they don't like these bloody songs, they're not going to like the songs we sing in heaven. It says that they sung a new song. I'm saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Amen? Oh, listen, we're going to sing a hymn about the blood in heaven, and I'm just saying tonight, he is precious because 2,000 years ago, he shed his blood for me. We've all got friends, but then we've got those friends that have, you know, really gone out of their way to be a help. You know what I'm saying? Those ones that have just been there for us in bad times, the ones that have been there, you know what I'm saying. I'm not, but you know them. Them kind of friends, they, they're a special type of friend. Right. Listen to me tonight. I say he's precious because he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Amen. He didn't just bear my sin on the cross; he became my sin. That's what the Bible says. It says that God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God through him. He gave up everything so that we could have it. He left heaven so I could go to heaven. He tasted death so I could have victory over death. He conquered hell so I wouldn't have to go there. What I'm saying is tonight, he is precious to me because of the fountain that he's opened. Amen. Amen. Because of this fountain, there's help for the fallen. Verse 18, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, it's not because of our wealth, or not because of money, corruptible things as silver and gold. You know what Peter told old Simon there in Acts 8? He said, Thy money perish with thee. The grace of God can't be bought with money. Amen? I, it can't be bought with money. And, and then he goes on to say, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. That's your lifestyle. So it's not by money and it's not by merit. He said your vain conversation that you received by tradition from your fathers. He's talking about them Jewish traditions, them oral traditions that they kept. All that nonsense about, uh, you know, and, and, and all that added law they added to the Word of God. He said that's not redeemed you. It's not by money. It's not by merit. But he goes on to say, but with the precious blood of Christ. Amen. It's by mercy that we're saved. Amen. And thank God tonight because there's a fountain filled with blood. There's help for the fallen. If you're a sinner here tonight, there's only one place you can get help and that's at the mercy seat of heaven where the blood of Jesus is laid down and you can be saved by the blood. Amen. Amen. When we get to heaven, we're not going to brag about what we've done and who we were and what church we were a member of, how many sermons we preached or how many songs we sung. It's not going to be about that. It's going to be all about the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm looking forward to the day where I can lay my eyes. I believe it's still there tonight. I believe the blood's still there. I believe it'll always be there. Amen. As a token, as a memorial to our salvation. Amen. But anyhow, there's help for the fallen. 
Because the blood, he says in verse 20, who bear this foreordained before the foundation of the world, but it was manifest these last times for you who by Him do believe in God. You see, because of this fountain, there's a highway to the Father. He said, who by Him do believe in God. You know how we get to the Father? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus, there's one mediator between God and man. That's the man Christ Jesus. Oh, aren't you glad He was willing to make a way for us? You know, before Calvary, there was no way. We were separated from God eternally. And there was no way to get there. There was no way there but only by and through the Lord Jesus Christ. He took those nails and He took that rugged cross and He made a way for us to go to the Father now. Oh, we've got access to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And oh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad tonight that I'm no longer the enemy of God. I'm no longer... I'm no longer at war against God, but I've been adopted by my heavenly Father because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 21, he says that, and that in verse the last part, and hope might be in God. Because of this fountain, there's hope for the future. Amen. There's hope for the future. I don't know what's going to happen in this country. I really don't. I mean... I don't know when it's going to fall apart. I know it is going to fall apart. I know it can't keep going the way it is. I know it can. I know it's impossible for things to... I mean, there's got to be a breaking point. There's got to be a, there's got to be a line. There's got to be somewhere. I'm not wishing for heartache on anybody. I don't want that. The Lord knows my heart. I wish we'd have revival in America. I wish we'd have a coming to Jesus in America. I wish we'd see a return of righteousness in America. But I've read my Bible too much and I, and I understand too much about the times in which we live. And I understand tonight my hope ain't in America and my hope Hope's not in the government. My hope ain't in a president. My hope is in God. And because of the blood, the future's bright for us. Amen. He's opened a fountain of pardon. Verse 1 of chapter 2. He says, Wherefore laying aside all guile, all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk word they may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Gracious. Believe you had Peter here tonight, and you said, Peter, why is he precious? He'd say, because he's a friend. Because he's a friend that's present with me. Jesus was with Peter, stayed with Peter. Give Peter time, chance after chance. Always took him back, always helped him out. He'd say, because of the fountain he's provided. Verse 1 through 3, I believe Peter would say tonight, He'd say this, He's precious because of His favor, His grace that He's provided. Aren't you glad for the grace of God tonight? The word grace means it's favor, unmerited favor. It's been said before, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is Jesus reaching down for a man. Faith is man reaching up and taking him by the hand. But if it wasn't for grace, there'd be nothing for us to reach out for. The grace of God, I thank the Lord for His grace, don't you? No, we don't like to show grace. We all should be glad we've been shown grace. John 1.14 said He was full of grace and truth. Romans 3.24 says being justified freely by His grace. Romans 5.20 where law entered, that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10 by the grace of God I am what I am. 
Amen. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not ourselves is a gift of God. Peter said, I want to tell you, He's precious because of the favor He's provided for me. He, Jesus showed a lot of grace to Peter. And Jesus has showed a lot of grace to me. If it weren't for grace, we all would have been kicked out of this thing a long time ago. Look at this grace though, verses 1 through 2. It's a grace that sanctifies. Laying aside all malice and all guile. And, hip- and these are all sins of the Spirit, by the way. And hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. In verses 1 through 2, we see in verse 1 the, the deeds of the old man. And then chat- in verse number 2, you see the desires of the new man. And what made the difference? Grace. Listen to me. I, 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 I didn't, I, the Lord, I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't, I didn't understand this just, just several years ago. The Lord made it clear to me that not only are we saved by grace, we're sanctified by grace. And my whole life, I hear preachers preach hard on sin and living right and doing right. And Brother David, in my mind, I thought that being holy and, and being sanctified was something I had to do. That I, that I had to keep, if I, I had to quit enough stuff and I had to lay down enough and do enough and act enough and, and try enough. And, and, and whenever I did wrong, I thought, man, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. I'm not trying hard enough. But the truth of the matter is, it's the grace of God, the same grace that saves you. It sanctifies. Let me explain it to you. If there's anything holy in me or about me, it's because of grace. Amen. That's it. And, 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 and that, to, to, to be honest, that's what true legalism is, is teaching that you're saved one way, but you're sanctified another. That's what they were teaching in Galatia. They were telling them they got saved by grace, but then they had to be circumcised. They were teaching that a, a, a legal, that it was after salvation. They were saying you're saved by grace, but you're kept by works. I got news for y'all tonight. I'm saved by grace and I'm kept by grace and anything I am is by grace. If it weren't for grace, there wouldn't be nothing good about me. I'd still be full like he said. I'd be full of malice. That means bad intentions. Uh, Guile, that means to snare or set the bait. Amen? To entrap. Hypocrisies, that's being fake, put on. Envians. That means the feeling of ill will towards someone because of their personal promotion or prosperity. Envying. Amen. Listen to me now. If you're saved and you've experienced the grace of God, why should you envy a person getting a new car? Whoop-de-doo. It's going to wear out. The motor's going to burn up. That house is going to crumble one day. Whatever job they got, it ain't going to matter. If you've been saved by grace, you've inherited the greatest gift there's ever been. You're rich. You're wealthy. You're a child of the king. Why does it bother you? <laughs> but he says and then in verse 2, as newborn babes desire sins to make they may grow thereby. It's not just negative, there's a positive. The grace of God tells us it takes some things away, but it adds some things too. In verse 3, if so be it, you have tasted the Lord's gracious. The grace of God sanctifies, but the grace of God satisfies. Amen. There's an old song, I wish I could find the words for it. I've tried, Kim and I, I've tried to get her to, you can't find it. This old group used to sing it called the Sadler family, Brother Reggie Sadler and his wife, his daughters would sing it, and it's called Satisfied. And it's an old song and it talks about satisfied. 
I'm satisfied. Ever since I met Jesus, I'm satisfied. And oh, aren't you glad tonight that the grace of God can satisfy the deepest longings of a person's heart? You know, the world, when you go to the world, Drew, all they offer you is something that's going to make you want more of it. Everything you get in the world, it's, it, 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 it creates a desire for more and, a, and, 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 and an emptiness and, and, and uh, uh, you know, a, a longing. But the grace of God, listen, I've never wanted to get saved again since I got saved. Amen. <laughs> I mean, it satisfied that longing in my heart. And the grace of God, Peter said, He's precious because of the favor He's provided. Verse 4, I'm done. New world record. I believe He'd say He's precious because of the He's a foundation that's permanent. Look at this in verse 4, a living stone. Verse 5, you are as lively stones. You want to see something? One, it's, it's, it's supernatural for there to be a living stone. But then, verse 5, ye also as lively stones. This living stone made other stones alive. That's us. Think about this. There's a, there's a field, just a big field, and there's a big stone out there. And then there's a bunch of other stones out there. And that one stone is alive. It moves. It ha- I mean, it speaks. But that's crazy. I mean, that's... that's you don't see that. I mean, look, that's miraculous. But then think about this. All them little stones are gravitate, are pulled without, magically, supernaturally. They're pulled towards that living, that main stone. And then, not only that, they all of a sudden they begin to form a building. I mean, a building, a structure. Without any man's hands involved, and it becomes a house. It becomes a temple. And then, Brother Justin, those same stones that were made, they were dead, they were cold, they were inanimate. If, if God didn't move on them, if God didn't pass by them, uh, they would have still been in that field, dead and cold and silent. Not only did He draw them to that, that, that stone, and not only did He place them and make a, a temple out of them, but then He made them priests, royal priests. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament, there was a line drawn between the priesthood and the throne. King Uzziah tried to perform the duties of a priest and God struck him with a leprosy. But Jesus was both king and priest. And because we're, we're, we're after the order of Christ, you understand, he wasn't after the order of Aaron and Levi. He was after the order of Melchizedek. That priest that had no beginning and had no end, and we're not at, we're after the order of Jesus. And so, them stones that were laying out in that field that were dead, that were lifeless, that were cold, that were hard, not only has He brought them together and built a house, a house of God out of them, He's made them same stones to be priests, a royal. You understand? You don't have to, a man called Father, He ain't no priest. The Bible says you don't call no man your father, but God. I want you to know if you've been saved, you've got on the royal garments of Jesus Christ. You're a priest. And the offerings we make are not physical offerings. They're spiritual offerings. They're sacrifices of praise and honor and glory to God. That's what he talks about here. And he goes on and talks about in verse 6, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone, chief cornerstone. Verse 7, The stone which the builders disallowed, 
Verse 8, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. This rock is Christ. That's what he's speaking about, Drew. You didn't get a nap today, did you? <laughs> Mama was working him like a dog. I understand, buddy. It's hard, ain't it? But the rock is Jesus. In fact, Jacob spoke of this stone. When Jacob was a dying, he laid in Egypt. And he said this, as he was talking to his sons and his grandsons, he was prophesying at the same time. He said, but his bow abode in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From hence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. That's Jesus. Moses spoke of this stone when he was saying his last goodbyes in Isaiah, I mean in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4. He said, He is the rock. Amen. David spoke of this stone in 2 Samuel 23. It's amazing. These, all these men, when they were getting ready to die, God showed them something about Jesus they had never seen before. Amen. That's called dying grace. I think, I believe tonight, when it comes our time to die, that God will show us things about Jesus. We didn't know before. Amen. Believe that if you want. We'll find out one day, won't we? The God of Israel said, this is what David said, the God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake unto me. Isaiah spoke of this stone, Isaiah 8, 14, and he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Isaiah 28, 16, therefore thus said Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Daniel saw the stone. In Daniel 23, Daniel 2 and 34, thou, saw, thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, and that were iron of, of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. I believe that the Peter said he is precious because he is a foundation that is permanent. Amen. I'm saying tonight, if we're on the rock of ages... If you're saved or not, you're standing on the rock of ages. And it doesn't matter, Brother Larry, what happens. It doesn't matter what comes against you or who comes against you. It doesn't matter where, which side the wind's blowing from. It doesn't matter how hard the rain's falling. It does not matter if you're on Christ the solid rock. Or you've got a sure foundation and you'll never fall if you're on that rock. He said it was disallowed of men. They said when they were building that second temple, as they were building that temple, I've told this before, but you don't you can just act like you never heard it. It goes along right with what we're saying. That they brought they they wouldn't let them make any of them stones in the in, in that temple. They had to make them far enough away because they didn't want the sound of a hammer or a chisel to be heard. And and so it was silent. If you'd been standing on a hill watching them build that second temple, it would have looked like that building was just coming out of nowhere. Kind of like the building that Jesus is making right now out of me and you. Yeah. Amen. Believe that or not, but it's a, he talks about the house, being the house of God. Anyhow, but they said they brought in a particular stone on one of those wagons with oxen, and they all looked at it, and they said, this stone, it don't fit. There's nowhere to put it. And they just rolled it down a hill and sat it down the bottom of the valley there. And they went on building and they, and they got to the very end of that building, of that temple. And they was, they had that one play, that one, they needed that one stone that would tie the west wing of the temple to the east wing and the north to the south. And they couldn't find one that, they, there was no stone. It would not fit. And 
And one of the men said, do y'all remember that stone that we, that we rolled down the hill? And they went down there and got it, Brother Justin, and they drug it up on that a wagon to the top of the hill and they hoisted it up and come to find out the stone that they had rejected was actually the chief cornerstone. Amen. Amen. You say, that's just coincidence. I don't know. I believe that's providence. I believe God was telling them a lesson and telling us a lesson that Jesus is the rock of ages. He's the one that holds us all together. He's the one that ties us together. And listen to me, as long as He stands, we stand. Jesus told a parable in Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. It doesn't matter how good a house you're building. If you're not building on Jesus, it's going to fall apart. He said, The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. Old Peter, he had had some strong winds that beat against him. He had had some... I mean, he went through a lot in his life. But as an old man, he said, I've got a foundation. I've got a foundation that's permanent. Not, if he's not precious to you, I want to ask you this, why not? Why not? What has taken his place in your life? Do you remember when you got saved and he was everything to you? And, 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 you, and, and, and you was just excited about him? And you want to learn more about Him. You want to talk about Him. You want to hear about Him. And you want to sing about Him. You want to testify about Him. What's happened? How come tonight He's not precious to us anymore? As an old man, Peter said, He's precious. 